You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Friday in sunny downtown Conroe for Dick and Skippy in the mornings. I'm the aforementioned Skippy. With me as always is Dick, the man Schistler, who's running the board as well as trying to keep up with me verbally That's and true. otherwise. That's true. <laughs> it be Friday. It be 82 degrees outside right now. I'm going to go up another 12 degrees to 94. Kind of cool today. Uh, may have some thunderstorms this afternoon around 2 o'clock for a while, but after that it'll be kind of Partly cloudy all weekend long. Yeah. Highs in the 90s, lows in the 70s. Pretty much August. Although I just realized um, <clears throat> this is the month that I need to renew my flood insurance. My flood insurance goes out in August. So I need to well, take care of that. I'm here to remind you of that. Right. Well, I just, I just thought about it because I remember each year the National Weather Service or the uh, NOAA keeps going, oh, we predict because of climate change or global this will be the the biggest hurricane year ever and it's not you know so far if you remember it was in august uh, well, you know, I was a couple of years of ago where we had harvey well i was thinking about how you know we can say the news sensationalizes a lot of everything but then i feel like if we don't do that especially when it comes to natural disasters when you try to warn people you can't just say hey these things kill people so be aware on to the next thing, and it's like, well... But no. you can because it's the boy who cried wolf every year. Yeah, but you, would you rather be unprepared or prepared? But you, we have been prepared for year after year after year. Channel 11 had, always had their hurricane preparedness guide that we'd yeah. take up on the wall and use the markers. It's, for instance, let, let's take climate change. I don't think it can be not denied that, you know, there are changes in climate that whether are man-made or natural or ice age. Well, or, I don't think they're know, saying whatever. that. I think it's just kind of like, hey, we have to reach a wide, wide variety of people who pay attention. And some people like you who understand because they've been through it. Like, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I'm an idiot. I'll prepare. But then you have some people who don't even think about it. Until someone says, it's coming, you better get well, ready. Well, it's easy. A lot of people were in the for the rude awakening where they flooded and then like, well, my homeowner's insurance will take care of it. No, it won't, you know, they were because yeah. they weren't in flood areas. Uh, but just to finish off the thought, because I'm not trying to get on, a, on an anti-climate change rant. Yeah, no, 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 I'm truly know, not. We know what, what's really going it's, under that belly. I, the question is, it's it's much like immigration versus illegal immigration. It's climate so change. It's that? climate change versus man-made client, uh, climate change. We're talking about the news station sensationalizing right well because being every year that new york is not underwater because of al gore's predictions that by now there would be no more polar ice caps i think that was five years ago it was supposed to be that's like what five i'm saying ago. so every year that that doesn't happen you lose the argument and that's when that, well every year that we don't have a the worst hurricane weather ever it negates the, the argument you I do think, because it's like well last year and the year before you just who, said i don't know who you're listening to i'm just i'm talking well, about, i'm listening to noah i'm no. talking about the news stations just saying hey it, it's, we have a good chance of it coming so be prepared 
Well, every hurricane season. Because if you in really, the old days, it was hurricane really season started. To, if you really wanted to make an effort and make change, everyone just needs to tell people to move from New Orleans. <laughs> or Galveston. Or Ga- I mean, well, not only Galveston, is all of Galveston under, under sea level? Well, don't forget that Galveston is a recipient of, if not America's, if not the world's most devastating hurricane. Yeah, that was back in the day. We didn't know how to keep records correctly back then. But that's what I'm saying in recorded history. And, and again, that's the thing we're going. This is the hottest year on record. Yeah, we've held records for 200 years. Yeah. It's not now. Uh, you can measure carbon monoxide levels, you know, based on fossilization. Uh, you know, so I'm not blind to the fact that, yeah, you know, climate changes, weather changes. There's a difference between weather and climate, and I get that. But for those who almost every major topic, and I was having a discussion with my niece the other day, whom I love dearly, but she's ama- not but and she's amazingly liberal. And we were having a conversation about guns where she would, like, be crying, I don't want to live in this world. I'm like, okay, so how do we fix it? Take the guns. And I, I said, well, let's discuss this. How? Well, they need to have buyback programs. We do. You know, there are there's not a municipality in America that hasn't had a buyback program at some point. You know, it's bad guys don't turn in their guns. How so, do we go from weather to this? That, You're no, on it right now. Sensationalization. Did you know that it's when the wrong argument. after World War II, when the Jewish community was selecting where their new Israel would be, but not to, like quote Israel. Mm-hmm. Galveston was one of the top choices. Was it really? Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, Galveston has a deep history with the Jewish community. That is, I had yeah. no idea. That's like fascinating. going back to like back to that great uh, flood, like 1905 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I like Pretty that. Pretty interesting. I, yeah, that's that's some good trivia. I like that. So, Anyways, long story short, it's sensationalization what, what, what of the news. Nothing happened. It's a piece of garbage town now. <laughs> no, I was kidding. It's not a piece of garbage town. I'm, I'm not a beach guy. I, I don't do beaches or, or ocean, like, at all. But I like Galveston. Well, if I, that makes sense. There, well, there are I've things about to, Galveston that I enjoy. I've been, to, I've been to several different types of beach towns, and it just really, would it, it really just depends on where you can park or not. Because that's the sad thing about the way we live is we have to have our own car. And getting to Galveston, parking on the seawall can be kind of a pain if that's the only option you have. So it's all about creating a better option when you go to these beach towns so you can be more comfortable in what you're doing. Interesting. Because my mother's from Galveston. I grew up around Galveston, like, uh, visiting my grand- my grandfather. Do you have salt in your beard, laddie? No, but, uh, I mean, I went there. My grandfather lived there for 30-plus years. He worked at UTMB and taught there and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's really neat to see the town grow and then get destroyed every, you know, seven years <laughs> and then grow again. But then you also see that people, you, you know people who've been there, who live there, understand what happens. Like, if you buy a car, that car's going to be ruined in five, ten years. Right. Just by leaving the, it in your the, driveway. Yeah, the salt. So it's like, it's, it's a way of life. And people mm-hmm. know, oh, especially, like, what I love is the different, the, the do-it-yourself hurricane protection plan. You know, like, either you shout out a lot of money where it automatically has all these shutters that come down because I see houses with that. Or you do what my dad did where he uh, screwed in basically these bolts and then you just turn them and we put wood and you turn it and it locks all like every window Mm. in so well that's kind of my earlier point is that if you live in galveston for more than 12 minutes you know that you're in danger of hurricane same thing with new orleans uh well when that we always wonder when you're a little kid what's that wall for i don't understand why there's the seawall what's Mm -hmm. the seawall for it's to break it up no i said it's for the uh the titans when they come attack, 
<laughs> when Godzilla comes, Mecha Godzilla. So, yeah, if you live in Galveston for any amount of time, you know that. If you live in New Orleans and uh, Houston in general, to know that we're at or below sea level here. And, you know, there have now Harvey and the tax day floods between them and the Memorial Day floods, those three floods over the last couple of years. Not everyone was they hit areas that had never flooded before. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, because if you moved in afterwards, the neighbors would have told you, oh, wow, on my street, uh, there's a lot of rental properties on my street. I'm one of the very few homeowners that actually lives in my home. Usually, you know, they rent them out. And when people come, they'll ask me, they'll knock on the door or I'll see them and they'll say, uh, you know, the price here is decent. What's the catch? And I'm like, well, your house has flooded. It will probably flood again get flood insurance because as a renter, you know, get your renter's insurance and get your own flood insurance or make, or if you can't make sure the, the homeowner, your landlord has flood insurance, but get your renter's insurance to cover it. And renter's insurance is like five bucks a, a month. It's nothing. Uh, but that'll protect you. So just be prepared for it. I, you know, I think that $5 covers the thief that breaks into your house and hurts himself. If you want to cover yourself, it's like 15 bucks. Yeah, right. There you go. So, yeah, long story short, uh, a lot of people got their flood insurance after Harvey when they realized they, they weren't going to get paid for. So come so then, late August, or early and then September. the government came in and said, like, oh, you can get insurance after an accident? Well, for the next year. It's like if you uh, flooded once, it wasn't you flood like, again. It wasn't like Obamacare? No, no, no. no. There's okay. no pre-existing I conditions. I was wondering what was going on with that. But uh, have you been keeping up with the Jeffrey Epstein thing? Is it Epstein? I'm saying Epstein. I believe, I believe yeah. it's Epstein. Have you seen like the the, 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 the broken neck bones? Well, not that. It's more the the officers were asleep. Both of them were asleep. And then I was reading that there hasn't been a suicide in that jail for over a decade. And so I was like, I was just thinking like, man, imagine, imagine like you, you have a buddy system, right? When you go swimming and all that kind of stuff. So your buddy system in the jail and you both take go to sleep so i envision some person going there slipping something inside their coffee and here, it's like here is one of my issues about that for epstein to have successfully committed suicide like a lot of things went wrong you know you're supposed to look yeah. in the door every 30 minutes it was several hours they were both napping when they shouldn't have so forth and so on you're supposed to have a, I mean, a cellmate he wasn't there do you but, think you're going to make a movie about that have you read any of the the court stuff about like testimonials and things no i'm waiting for that to uh, like the documents that were released yeah like it's, i haven't had a some chance of the to stuff i was reading to. was it was crazy to me and this is about any aspects of life is when things become normal for people and when I say that, I'm like, in this instance, this poor woman was just shopped around. And mm-hmm. she talk about where she'd fly and how they met and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't believe that at 17 to 28, that was just normal that for her. That was her life. I and absolutely I was like, agree. That's so crazy to me. And, um, and there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of interesting lifestyle choices this guy made. To the point, because I was reading another interview where his bodyguard was an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know how he worked with him. He worked him out and like did stuff like that, and it was just kind of like this guy. I don't know how wealthy he was, but it sounded like he was over the top wealthy. Yeah, because he sounded like he because the guy was like, oh, he had a driver in every city, he had a house. Hey, you know what? Confiscate all of his uh, assets, and that'll 
hey, you know, you want to do the top 1%? Just grab all of his. But uh, He did. He's not that, was, that was really interesting, just reading about the lifestyle of this guy. He brought, like, outside of the whole sex trafficking, pedo, pedo, pedo thing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so it was like, all right, well, this guy clearly just thought he could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And there's a class of people who feel like they can do that. Absolutely. But here he is... That he can't be the only one. No, he's not. And more will come to... Yeah, I Harvey Weinstein. Somebody, I want to meet somebody like that one. Wait, day. Weinstein? Epstein? Uh-oh, there's a lot of Steens out there. No, I shouldn't go down that route. Do we have anybody here in town that does that? Who thinks they can just like, yeah... I don't know anybody. But how about like Houston? Is there a person in Houston? Like, believe it or not, the rich and shameless in Houston, for the most part, are pretty philanthropic. The Forbeses, the Jamels, the uh, uh, Forbes. I mean, the Farbs, uh, Harold Farb and Carolyn Farb, um, Joe Jamel. Uh, who's uh, who is our uh, the the uh, owner of the our football team? Bud Bud Adams. Yeah. Um, Mattress Mac, yeah, Jim McInvale. These are people for some reason. I Houston. Think, I think he's shrinking. By the way, well, some you know because I've been like I've been I looked at old commercials and I compare them to furniture. Unless the furniture's getting bigger, <laughs> well, yeah. Like I was like, you know what, that bed, that bed looks really big to him. It was like, always a slight man, but you heard the gallery furniture got. They tried to rob it the other day. The bank inside of it, and they got bad guys got caught. Yeah, because to get out of there, you have to jump over. All I know the, it's all, like that's the wrong. You got to mow down. You had to like like literally run into twenty people to get out of the door. You try to rob literally one of the most famous businesses in Houston. Everyone knows what Gallery Furniture is, and between Tim Wall and Parker, so you know where it is. You know the, the parking lot is always jam packed. One of my friends in high school worked for him. He was they were a delivery driver, and he said that he hated it so much because the way they paid you out was different when, like, you were actually delivering items. It was something along the lines of if you were driving, that didn't count for an hour. Like, per hour of driving, it counted for a certain, like, it was a different pay. Mm -hmm. But then when you're actually delivering, that's what counted for the, like, you're actually Mm -hmm. taking the furniture off the car. Mm -hmm. It was this big, like, it was this big logistical fight for him. And he's like, it's not worth it. If someone buys furniture in Sugar Land, we have to drive, you know, three to four hours to get there, like, there and back. And it's like, we don't get... I can see that, but I also know that, for instance, like if you use your car for work, your commute to and from work yeah, does not it's count. not their car. It's the... But what I'm saying is that there is a difference already, uh, yeah. a standard is already different that going to and from work or from a place of employment to and residence it, or whatever does not count. people rarely tipped, which was interesting to me. Well, unless you, unless it's been established... That tipping well, is allowed. Would you tip a guy who's carrying a couch up the stairs? I would, Absolutely. Because, I mean, that's kind of the whole reason you're paying money because you don't want to do it. True, but I also know that certain conditions between traffic, between weather, between temperature, between the, the weight Especially of the sofa, today, can you imagine sometimes they deserve a little extra something. Past week. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's why, you know, if I'm, like, outside or something and I see the mailman or mail deliverer coming, I'll, hey, you good on water? Because, uh, you you know, you, you feel for them. I really want to f- quickly finish off my Epstein suicide point okay. because I was going somewhere with it. Not only did a lot of things go wrong. I just like the idea of two people sleeping. Well, that's what I'm saying. So for this suicide to have been successful, many things had to have happened in which case, and in this situation, they all seem to have, right? That they weren't looking in the door every 30 minutes. Both of them were asleep. There was no cellmate. He was taken off. So all these things had, if only one had not happened, it wouldn't have worked. 
but this is where my conspiracy theory comes into it. He had to have known that. If he was going to commit suicide, as far, he'd been in that cell for a while, so he knew that they looked in, the, looked in every 30 minutes or 20 minutes. It was apparently this one night that it didn't happen. So how did he know that these things weren't going to happen to prevent his suicide? For him to have successfully committed suicide or attempted it, he would have had to known that he would have had two hours to kill, pardon the pun, that they both would have been asleep, that no one would have looked in. So Wait, that, you, that's a big red flag to me. Are you, he, trying, are you trying to tell me that a controversial guy is in a controversial situation? No, I'm trying a, to tell in, you. In a controversial city? I'm trying to tell you that to me, the the fact that so many things went wrong, because you can put it off, seriously, you can put it off to coincidence. Or the fact that sometimes everything goes humanly possibly wrong, much like with the Titanic hitting the iceberg. If it had gone that was an inside job. Well, here's the thing. If it had hit the iceberg 10 seconds sooner or 10 seconds later, or if the gash had been six feet less, uh, if it hadn't been gashing along one second more, it would have stayed afloat. If there had been th- this number of lifeboats. That's boats, not proven. Yeah, that's just an assumption. No, it's, it's, there's no it's, way. The, the gash there's was no way. the gash was 206 feet tall, and actually it yeah, was but, hey, from the popping rivets. You had no idea. There's so many variables in that. You have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Every variable that contrib- would have contributed to it sinking. Now, if only we happened. Well, realistically, if we increased global warming 20 years before the Titanic, the iceberg would have been as big. There you go. So there you go. There you go. But some the Titanic sometimes everything goes wrong, and a confluence of events that just makes it happen but for epstein not only did everything go wrong but he had to have known that everything was gonna go wrong for him to commit suicide therefore i really don't think he did i, I mean my, I my see, mind is saying this i want to see happen. the cameras of the two guards going like you know that one guard snore wakes himself up and he's like <laughs> like that uh, the, the jumping and off the yeah, curb thing he's like oh man that was i didn't mean to do that and he kind of looks around and he's like hey john john wake up i'm gonna go do some rounds and so he's going to the rounds. He's like, all right, let's check on Jeff. Let's see how Jeff's doing. Oh, man. But see, here's the thing. There are... Who's going to make the call? Cameras. Who's going to make the call? I don't want to make the call. We're going to get fired for this. We're already fired. Well, this is- a, there are cameras on the hallways outside the cell. You can't see actually, you know, inside the cell. But these guys sleeping would have known this. So for them to be sleeping, knowing that there's going to be videotaped evidence... This is insane. I want to see it because you know they're like, uh, bad word. And then they're... I, my spidey sense is truly tingling on this one. I, I, I try to, until a preponderance of the evidence is in, I try to withhold judgment, but this isn't looking too good. Well, it never does. For the simple fact that, yeah, things could have gone wrong, but for him to have said, think, okay, I've got a couple of hours for this to happen. Because in 20 minutes... He had to go from apparently entwining his – he wouldn't have been able to do it in a single 20-minute period, which as far as he knew was all he had because they're supposed to look in every 20 minutes. And it would have taken longer than that, so he, wouldn't, shouldn't, he shouldn't have even attempted it. Okay. So I, I'm keeping my eye no, out on this nothing, one. Nothing's going to come out unless somebody no. breaks – Somebody, somebody's like, oh, they paid me. Who was it? This man. I would, I would kill or die – to have a smoking gun, and I don't care if it shows Clinton or Trump or or anybody. I just I would kill or die for there to be a straightforward. Yes, this man was killed because of A, B, and C, and, it was, and the well, person who reading, showed the order well, was this person. The, the court documents of the like, like the I think he was like 2015. He got in trouble, and then it was now he got in trouble. I'm talking about when he actually got charged with stuff. This before he committed suicide. It got me thinking: is when you're when you're a socialite. 
Is it just kind of like, hey, Jeff's having a party, you want to go? Because the amount of people, the, the the variety of people that were saying that would go to their parties, and I'm not thinking, I'm not saying like the island parties, like it's just kind of like, oh, he's in New Mexico, these people are in town, they're all going to hang out. Yep. Like part, like like it was weird to have Stephen Hawking's on the list. Mm-hmm. Because I can't imagine like his travel is kind of controlled, right? Like he literally is in a wheelchair, you can't talk. He, I mean, you you gotta have to make preparations for Stephen Hawking to come over. If I imagine if he, if he knew he's coming over, yeah, special uh, considerations. Need yeah, to be. and then like they had like uh, some other people were there, like Heidi Klum, the <laughs> which which makes sense because she was a model or whatever. But it was just kind of like that whole world. You think you get you meet hang out with somebody, it seems like a creep. You wouldn't do it again. But I guess in that world, many of these people, the same matter. ones that gave Roman Polanski a standing ovation. Yeah, but like, why would you want to hang out with them? What, what do you benefit? Was he like a man? Because networking. Yeah. Being being seen, like, oh, you know, I'm in this cast with an E at the end, C-A-S-T-E, cast of people. I am of a certain level that I get to rub shoulders with. St- I would, talk, talk about killing or dying, to be in the same room with Stephen Hawking? You betcha. Now, was the man a saint? Absolutely not. There are things about him that aren't to be admired, but it cannot be denied that he was one of the most brilliant brains ever in the history of, of humankind. So for me yeah. to be in that same room, but here's the thing. Let's say 20 years from now we find out that, you know, he clubbed baby seals or he, you know, watched kitty porn or something. I should not be held, well, you were in a party with him, so therefore you're like, and that's what, that's the broad brush that's painting everybody right now, or conversely not. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And I hope, I hope people who are have more knowledge that hasn't been released talk or get it all connected because it is something that's interesting about that world. Mm-hmm. Well, they have his second in command, the Ghislaine, a, and the only reason I remember her name is a dear friend of my family. or Maxillin? Yeah, something like that. I have a dear friend of the family for decades uh, who's French, and her name is Ghislaine, so I, that's the only reason I know the name. You know what uh, other drama I'm She's going to flip sooner or later. Well, other drama. Yeah, because she was with him for a long time. Yeah, like this is going to be, so. since he's dead, she's next on the hook, and she's going to flip in order to to keep out for the rest of her life, unless something mysteriously happens with her, too. It's not unheard of. But uh, I wanted to talk about another drama thing I like going on. Okay. It's not it's not a good thing going on. But, you know, Hong Kong and China are having a lot of protests. Yes, they are. And now the celebrities are coming out, you know, saying who they support or whatever. And well, apparently with a woman who's Mulan in the new Mulan reached out and said, I know I support the police, you know, going through this these protests. So I imagine, like, this is something to me, if I was an international business, I would definitely have, you know how you asked me not to have the hotel clause, like, I don't want you to come to my hotel room? Mm -hmm. That's fine, but I'd be like, you know what, don't give any opinions on social media during this time. You have till this time to this time. And because, like, this is going to, like, you know China's a huge market Mm -hmm. for movies. Oh, yeah, this woman could have tanked a serious multi-billion dollar deal. I mean, she might not, she might have, because now people are like, why would you support that? And now people are like, this is. But, and it's not necessarily a new thing, but more and more celebrities, and I use the word in quotation marks, like I'm a celebrity, you know, the the game shows, they're called celebrities, and I have to laugh at that. But, have, over time, 
have taken it upon themselves to become a political or social commentator, that just acting their role or singing their song or writing their book is not enough. They can't let the art speak for it. They have to... um, I agree with Brad, by the way. Brad just goes, how do you know that's her actual opinion? Yeah, apparently her dad is some high-up person in the... And some investment government government thing there too, but she's also an American citizen, from what I believe. Like she's she's been uh, what, what's the word? You've been citizened. Here, you've been granted citizenship. Yeah, she was, she's granted citizenship here, I believe. But I think it's just interesting as a business like Disney, because you know Disney, they don't want controversy. They're like they're the no, ones. They, only want, they want their controversy. Yeah, they, they want to control the controversy as fast as possible. I mean, they they, they literally. De- fired a big name director just because he tweeted something 10 years ago mm-hmm. and now they you know now it's all cool but you know, it's again it's the knee-jerk reaction i'm just surprised there's not even especially like big movies I mean, the lion king made a billion dollars and mulan i bet they'd be pissed off if it didn't make a billion dollars and now they're gonna be like we didn't make it because of you because you decided to go on Twitter. Well, they also aren't going to make it because they took out the songs. <laughs> well, they apparently doesn't have Mushu in it, the dragon. Yeah, the, they took out the dragon. to me. Again, they, they jacked with the formula that worked for that particular movie. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend all that money making tigers realistic, what's wrong with making a an ancient Chinese dragon by Eddie Murphy? Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. Eddie Murphy did the, the voice of the dragon. Because that's the best, that's typecasting. No, that's not typecasting at all. I love it. So, I, yeah, I'm surprised when I read that, they didn't have that. I was like, that's almost as big, big as controversy as this woman going out against the Hong Kong protesters. Right. But, uh, no, I, I think they're, that business is going to be so big that they're going to have those kind of clauses where it's like, you can't say this kind of stuff. You cannot be this kind And of I think they should, I, I, I'm a fan of that. And don't, don't start screaming First Amendment at me, freedom of speech. You, you don't have that in the workplace. There is no freedom of speech in the workplace, period, end, end of subject. Well, it's kind of like that Sarah Silverman debacle where she got uh, she lost an opportunity because of a skit she did five years ago doing blackface. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, you think that would, she'd be making a bigger outrage? She was just saying it on a podcast. It wasn't like she made a public statement going, this is wrong, it shouldn't blacklist. She was just having a conversation saying, yeah, I got in trouble for it, so I lost a job. And a lot of people were saying, like, oh, you deserved it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think uh, a lot of that stuff is blown out of proportion. I think she's just kind of, and especially in that industry, you, some people can like you, some people don't. And these people who go on Twitter, is gonna, it's gonna, it's, it's, you're going to lose at one point if you keep going on Twitter mm-hmm. and saying kind of like you, reaction stuff. And Well, it's just funny, the uh, selective memory, because I guarantee – Sarah Silverman, if there had been uh, a member of the opposite party showing up in blackface, uh, Sarah Silverman would have been the first to scream about it. And I'll, I'll take Whippy Goldberg also, who's very vocal about... Um, it's never good. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I remember the one time, there was an awards ceremony, and I can't remember which one, but it's when she was dating Ted Danson, and he showed up in blackface with her. It was part of a gag. So either... You put it in context, or all blackface is bad, in which case you can no longer take anything she says. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. Well, because if you start applying those kind of standards, you can also, you have to understand people change. If you don't have room to Bingo. accept and change, 
That's the problem. You have things that happened 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You can't. And if I was in a, if I was 20 years ago in a party that, that Epstein hosted, that you can't hold that against me. I've said this many times. You what can't. was that quote? It's like you can't be afraid to have a conversation without being insulted or something like that along those lines. Like you, you can't you, – if, you, if you're afraid of growth – you can't be afraid. Like, I'll figure it out. But basically saying that it, there's a chance to have a conversation, there's a chance of being insulted. Yeah. And, you, and that's the way it is. My job is not to not offend you. You know, yeah. if you're offended by anything I say or do, that's not on me. I, you know, if I feel there's a contributing factor, I may apologize for something. Um, but. Well, it's kind of like the. Every I time I enjoy, hear someone say, I'm, I'm offended by what you said, but that's no concern of mine. Well, it's like those unique scenarios where comedians are making a joke about like a school shooting or something, and somebody in the audience, by odds, have had like their, da- their daughter or uh-huh. whatever in a school shooting. You're like, well, come on, you can't really just blame him for everything now. Like, it's just, that was just a unfortunate joke that for you not for everyone else cause, exactly because there's some comedians out there that make everything funny even if it's like the most sad depressing thing mm-hmm. somehow they're really clever about we have gallows humor for a reason yeah. it gets us past the denial stage and towards the, which you have to have and again i had this conversation with someone they were going because some jokes were going on around the school shooting time someone said something that was gallows humor and i can't believe you could dare you know you should be well, you like, should be shot for that and i'm like no 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 it was like that uh neil degrasse tyson making that data yeah in the insight and it was like oh i can't believe you this is such an off time to do that and i'm like well when is there a good time to do that? Because mm-hmm. you're still talking about the same topic. Yeah. Even though it just happened yesterday. And again, your offense at that post is of no consequence to me. I, I if somebody's offended, I'm on, personally, I may feel bad about something. I may try to apologize for it or, or fix something, especially if I'm inadvertently offensive. Uh, you know, but like for instance, no longer will I would I walk into a group of women and say, "Hey, you tuts," and expect uh, or and expect uh, a warm reaction to that so of course if i'm purposely offensive i think it depends on where you go and how much money you have well true i mean if you're if you're brad pitt and you go into a hair salon hey you toots i think they'll be oh, like of course okay. and again it's always context and, and you know that the guy from 50 shades of gray the internet billionaire if he'd been the night janitor at mcdonald's this would have been a completely different story it would have been really it'd be rated r for violence well yeah he'd be he'd be the creepy guy it's 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 always the context but i i mean the uh so of course if i'm purposely offensive then i can't show shock or outrage of people's offense one of my favorite personalities that gets so much in trouble so much trouble is that barstool sports guy have you heard about this company called Barstool Sports? Basically, it's like it, it, it's, it's a new media where basically they had a, what, a couple of the guys are really funny, so they go on Twitter. Or whatever, oh yes, yes. And then they started building a media company, and then they started writing about sports, and they do like they were kind of like one of the first pioneers to do. Oh, let's watch sports together online. So they watch the Boston Red Sox, and you can join them on the chat, and they have like a camera on them, and mm-hmm. we're watching the game. And this guy, like this guy's the most stereotypical Boston person. He's very offensive. Pretty funny with his words because Boston people are very creative when they curse and things like that. And now he's like a huge polar, like a, like a very controversial guy because people say like I think recently what happened was uh, a news organization unionized. And he went on Twitter saying, hey, if anyone talks to this guy, because the guy wrote a tweet who puts together unions, 
He goes, hey, Barstool Sports, if you're interested in doing a, or unionizing, please contact me or send me a direct message. And he go, he says, hey, if anyone talks to this guy, you're fired kind of thing. And <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so I can read comments. But it's uh, and, and I don't know if it's illegal or not. I imagine it probably is illegal to tell people that. But uh, but he like that's what he does. And he a lot of people hate him because I think one time he said uh, he's tired of some news anchor or sports anchor who's a woman always bringing the baby on the set. And he basically says, "Hey, stop! You know, stop uh, shaming your baby. Leave the baby at home. Talk more about sports or something like." He said something very rude, but it was kind of like that's what he was. Just, that's just who he is, mm-hmm. and, uh, and people are, and it's not. It's working out for him. I don't know how long he's going to be able to burn it, but I mean, well, yeah. It, there came a point where Andy Dice Clay was like the comedian of of the year, and of course, your comedy gets dated, or, or, or societal norms shift, or or you know, you got the ebb and flow of, of popularity, so you know when when to bow out so i know it sounded pretty you know if if i'm offensive and you're offended it's on you obviously not one thing one thing i like what the barstool sports guy does is he does this thing called uh the one bite challenge or something like that and basically he reviews pizza places so he goes in gets a and he comes out with like they film him coming out and, he's, and it's like apparently it's a real deal. Like he doesn't tell the people they're coming. It's kind of a joke because he's so he'll go into so he'll go in and get a slice. Gino's pizza, yeah, get, get a slice. slice. He's like, all right, one bite challenge. It's like that's the rule. It's some clever thing and he, he does. Takes a bite, and then he's like, oh, it's not bad, you know. And he reviews it. Okay. And then then it gets like you, there's different ones that are funnier because of like one time people like bother him while he's trying to eat, and then another one where like they got kicked out, and so he's like, don't ever go here. So apparently, cause and he, he's one of those people who has a lot a big following. Mm-hmm. So if he says something, all of his followers would do it kind of thing. It's right. kind of like a cult almost. Okay. And uh, recently your favorite lady, AOC, basically said you can't tell people not to unionize. Like anyone should have the right to unionize and all that kind of stuff. So he was talking trash to her. and then. Uh, oh, but I can tell people not to unionize. So, That's my right as an so American. Gonna, and he, but I'm, not, I'm saying controversial people exist, and it's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a problem with that. No, nor I. There, there should be controversy. There should be opposing views. Um, but you can't seek out a confrontation and then be offended when it happens. Yeah. For instance, it's going to sound funny. You know, the Texas Renaissance Festival is about to start up again. Okay. And I, it's, I don't know why they stop. It's a seasonal thing because a lot of the actors and the vendors, they go from festival to festival. The festivals actually time themselves out so there's no overlap because uh. uh, that's how they make their living. But... Near the back end of it, uh, there's this section where you have the professional insulter. It's usually a, a lady, and you go there and try to egg her on, and she will just cut you to to shreds. And that's that's the gag. You watch this, and, and it is completely filterless. And there's a sign that says, listen, if you don't like hearing certain things, do not hang around here. Invariably, there's someone will be like, oh, but you can't say that. I'm offended. You go to an, a play, you go to a situation that is supposed to be offensive. You can't be offended. I mean, you, you can, but be prepared to face the, the backlash of this is on you. Your offense is on you. And for instance, if I walk into a room and there's men and women, they go, hi, guys. If someone's like, oh, no, that's gender or whatever, it's not on me. 
I do like that, and that democratic socialist media and whatever. You saw that? Oh, yeah. I actually watched those videos. But can, can, can you please not talk? And here's the thing. People like that, it's a fine line. That is a real situation to, to where certain sounds can set people off, and I get that. But you don't go into a conference with thousands of people and then say, you thousands of people need to cater to my needs. He could have. He could have just live streamed that's why, in. That's why we need to have VR, as fast as spot where we plug in and everything. All your wishes. We will do. Come it's called Skype. It's called a no, live stream. Like, you, you tap in. So yeah. You can create your own world. So that was my issue with that when I laughed. Is I'm not laughing at the man's, if you want to call it a disability. Again, I, I hate having to choose my words for fear of offending someone. But his situation. He's not a he. Again, that was the other thing where we got to get the pronouns going on. If someone, if if I walk in and someone looks like a guy to me or acts like a guy to me, and I say, "Hey, he's this," do not get in my face about. Well, he identifies as this. I don't know, but the minute I'm told he identifies as a she, then by golly, that's a she in my world. Yeah. So don't seek out. Uh, don't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm shifting gears here. This society now. Has become well, well. Most people just need to leave it alone. Like if you if you offend me, like like say you ever mm-hmm. offended me, Sean. I would I, my usual reaction is, I you know I just leave. Like I'm like I don't need to be part of this. Do I offend you? No, I'm just saying. Whenever I'm in a confrontation without fit, like if it's not physical, I just I just drop to the ground like, and curl up in a ball and hope that they go away. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and like, that's I how have, I avoid I confrontation. I have a few friends who I've told I was like, hey, I don't like being around you when you get in these situations because you're the one that attacks. And I was like, we don't need that. We don't need that in our group because you involve us when you make a decision to attack somebody verbally, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, just because you're, you know, really well built, you're a big guy, doesn't mean I am. And the people you choose to fight are a lot bigger than me. And I don't don't really want to deal with that. Well, by nature, every fight that I've been in, and I've been in a disproportionate number of fights because of, you know, living in foreign lands or wherever, but a disproportionate percentage of people were bigger than me because I'm a, I'm a small guy and until I hit a certain age I was a small skinny guy so I was very beat upable so I had to you know d- be on the receiving oh, end wait, of that. you do look like you're asking for it <laughs> pretty much yeah. but have you noticed Dick is this just when me you're, when you're in a lineup out of those eight people and it's like that guy right there I would kill to be it. in a lineup I, I'd, I'd kill to be an innocent person in the lineup like the guy that they choose say hey, choose you- that well, sometimes I'll just grab someone out of holding. I'm, as long as it's something that's completely uh, not related to the case at all, like, you know, if this is a shoplifting case, you can't. We got a guy over there in holding who's on a different shoplifting case. No, because that could be. Yeah. But it can be cops. It can be someone off the street, a local informer. Just, hey, you know, we need you to step in here and, and be that. But have you noticed, Dick, that I have a sense that we're, we have morphed into a society or a portion of it has morphed to where what was traditionally defined as a weakness or a disability or an infirmity or however you want to phrase it, it's almost like a badge of honor now. It's people make up the fact that they have celiac disease just so they can be on the gluten, no gluten train when they don't have it. But it's like, oh, I'm allergic to gluten. There are those who are. I have friends who are actually have celiac disease, and they get ticked off beyond by everyone, you know, walks in, oh, I can't have gluten because I'm allergic. You're not. You're giving yourself 
a disease. Yeah, but are you asking you or want them to prove I'm it? I'm triggered by this and I'm triggered by that. I have PT well, I have PTSD and I have this and and, and I need a service chinchilla because and so they're almost people are making up stuff to make them less than what they are so they can get in the club. Well, I don't think I, I also th- well a lot of a proponent of that what you're saying is people allow it and then you have the bigger uh, in- industries like for example airplanes they probably you know they're trying to be accommodating to everybody because that's part of their job is to accommodate people who fly on their airplanes. And especially making everyone feel safe, because I know there's zero tolerance rules on airplanes. Like if you just cause a ruckus, you're out. You're out. Like no matter what kind of ruckus it is, if you're yelling at another passenger, mm-hmm. you're off. Like no matter what the yelling's about, they don't care. They you don't know why? Because they used to duct tape that person to their seat to shut them up, and then that that happened once, and the person sued, and you well, can't do it anymore. I think a lot so of, now you gotta divert the plane and kick them off. Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, we're bring still, back duct tape. You're still figuring it out. And I don't know about the duct tape. I feel like someone would be an idiot strapped to their own seat. They cause that's more. the whole point. You want to shame somebody. Well, I'm not saying the same. I could totally see the guy getting so mad and breaking his arm because he duct taped it, and then he's like, "Look what you did to well, me." Well, that's when you get to sue the duct tape manufacturer for not being strong. But I don't. Know, I think I think our society there, there's a lot more opportunities to input your views, especially the Twitter. Like I would love to see Facebook and Twitter social media statistics because there's always that joke of like. You know, out of ten percent of all the users on Twitter, are the only ones that make a conversation are actually the ones inputting. The rest are people just reading. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to follow these views of everybody. It's like the ten percent of Twitter. That's 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 who we think the world is. And I think a lot of that applies to a lot of the, what we conceive as the world today. Because you know, there's always the joke of media is changing, eyeballs are going somewhere else, and there's not that much value in say football. We always talk about oh, when they're kneeling and all that kind of stuff, but people are still watching it. What's the power of getting someone's attention? And unfortunately, a lot of the power is in a few people, I believe, not not the general mass, if that makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really care if people go on Twitter. Kind of like that Kumo thing, that video he got filmed because someone called him Frito or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, man, this is actually, like, really weird that this isn't a bigger deal because back in the day, if that video got released, that company, whoever he worked for, would be like, what is this man? And This is also a man who referred to himself as Fredo once well, upon a time. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Today Again, it's like- these manufactured outrages. And Drew piped up with something. I want to uh, respond to it. He, he says, disregarding the feelings of others is a huge abdication of power. I absolutely agree. And that's why I earlier when I was saying, if I'm a, you know, your offense is not my concern, that was sounded pretty absolutist to a point. Again, if I'm purposely offensive, then I can't be shocked at somebody taking offense. However, if it's, if it's an inadvertent offensive situation, again, if I, you know, misgender somebody, you can be offended, pointed out to me. I will correct it. If I choose not to, if I well, if I choose to maintain an offensive attitude, then yes, well, absolutely. Again, That's a thing of. Again, I think technology of, of, uh, is access. For example, back, you know, I imagine 100 years ago, you have a storefront and say your policy changes at the storefront. Well, when people would be upset, they come to the store and tell you, hey, I'm upset because now you, you changed the bathroom rules or, you know, whatever. But now that if you're on social media, that's your storefront now. People expect you to react. So... What happens is, is companies, even large companies, make the mistake of giving into those things. 
because of, oh, we got a video of someone getting dragged off the airplane. What do we do? You know, those kind of things. Oh, I mean, I can't imagine being being a company with more than 10 employees because if they're active on social media or they're involved with those kind of things, they're getting videos or getting questions like, can you believe this guy did this? What are you going to do about it? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think social media gave that gave that new opportunity for people to project what they want to do with their like to cause trouble or whatever. Because, you know, when you meet people who are on social media, like I'm not on Twitter. I don't actively go on to those things because I'm doing other things with my my social life. My social life is here mm-hmm. and with people who I deal with here and the people on our Facebook we interact with like that way. But I don't take it to the next level where I have online friends on Twitter and we're always tweeting at each other. Right. Like, I don't really know that. Per- I always love meeting people. It's like, oh, these are people I met on a forum. And I'm like, man, how long, how many time, how many hours do you invest in that communication with people you have, you know? Yeah, sometimes it happens. I, I, I've uh, taken sometimes the sh- it happens. Why? Did you meet people at a sex, sex robot brothel? I'm sorry, what was that? You, you said sometimes it happens. Yeah. Do, you, you what are we ta- talking about? You don't want to talk about when what? you went to that brothel? What? Oh, those are your buddies? I, it was a soup kitchen. What are you talking about? Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> It's a very special soup kitchen. I've actually taken the shining to uh, Twitter lately uh, because I have clients and and been building up Twitter accounts for them. And it's amazing the responses I'm getting. And I realized I put that all squarely on Trump's doorstep. And Twitter was dying. People got tired of the whole hunt. Was 137 characters? No, it was a shtick. 137 characters and still shtick. But it's a shtick that the, the President of the United States of America like indulges imagine, in daily. Imagine how many direct messages that guy gets. Because nothing prohibits from people t- from doing that. So everyone is literally commenting. And that, like, again, that's the 10%. People read that and, like, oh, this is what people are reporting now. 10% of what... That, to me, that's so well, silly. Well, and of course, and media-wise, it's the the fringe, you know, the the outliers. They get the headlines because they they make a headline, and it's funny. Have you noticed Facebook lately has this uh, top friend thing going on? It's uh, they've added this algorithm that a top fan. I mean, not top friend, top fan. That if you if you respond enough to a certain page, you become their top fan, and you get like a little badge uh, okay. or something like that. Well, I'm top fan of a couple of sites, the pages, that it's like, wait, I've only responded twice to something. I may like it or something, but, you know, I'll maybe make a comment twice, and I'm suddenly a top fan, which means others think now I'm a significant voice in responding to this page when I'm like, no, I'm truly not. So, again, it's an algorithm because of this badge. I'm a top fan. People are going to take me more seriously when they really shouldn't. Same basic premise that these... Tweeters, you know, and you can get someone who just because you have 10 million followers doesn't mean you have anything worth following. Well, I mean, I think the first thing folks should do if they go decide to go on social media is make yourself private, like set your profile to private. And the only people that can see your stuff are people you accept. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that creates a healthier conversation because you kind of can reg- regulate what's going on with your online community. Anyone searching and for me by my full name can see my profile picture. Um, and see, and, and there's my nothing wrong. Like, current like city. Our, uh, Drew's saying he has a lot of people blocked. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I love that. I love the fact that they went to court about a represent or a state representative or whatever, a government official like Trump or other people. Oh, he can't block me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, before Twitter, what, what else, how else could you contact your 
president. I mean, you can send a letter. Mm. You can still send a well, letter. Well, that's why President Trump tweets from real Donald J. Trump or whatever it is. He doesn't do it from WhiteHouse.gov, you know, from the White House one for that very purpose. He owns technically. No, I think, what, I think what it was is he didn't know the tech side of how to change your name. So well, he's like, oh, I don't know how to log over to the White House. It's not knowing. He, he doesn't want to have some lackey do his posts for him like previous presidents on both sides of the aisle. It's like, well, we got a Twitter account. We'll, we'll handle your tweets. Current president's like, oh, no, I, I got this. And so he won't do it to the official White House one. So, you know, you know, for the archival purposes, when you have the presidential Twitter feed, you know, the official White House Oval Office Twitter feed, his rantings and ramblings well, will like, be in there. Well, like one question I always wondered is those who are so active online, how do you get to the point where you have so many inbox notification kind of things that it gets to the point where it's overwhelming? Because I know with the station and, you know, being a producer of like 20 shows, I just don't, I feel like I don't want to do that anymore. Like I don't want to look at 99 plus. I'm like, man, I can't go through all those. Like <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. And there's got to be there's got to be a limit, or there's got to. And I wonder about the younger generations who are coming through, how they're going to be able to absorb that much information, because if you're that active online, you're going to get that activity back. So if I'm comedy, if I make 50 comments a day, you know, a good, uh, good, uh, the next day, 25 have been responded to. So you have to spend your time doing that. Like imagine, you know, back what was it 10 years ago? How to better regulate your or uh, relegate your email mm-hmm. usage and. If you get 100 emails a day, there's no way you're be able to respond to all those. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know, and and that's where the next stage of communication is going. Now it's okay to text me. I was reading about that in a marketing deal where it's like, hey, if you're if you're networking with people, don't be afraid to give them your phone number and say, text me. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I do not want to get that many text messages in a day. Like if you're networking, if you're talking, to, I'm not talking about you and me texting because, you know, we're friends. I'm talking about when you meet a vendor or meet a, you know, a potential client or whatever. It's like, oh, just text me. And that, I don't know if I could deal with that. Mm-hmm. But apparently that's the new norm. And Yeah, society changes. We went from a telegraph to, yeah. to telephone to... I don't know how anyone can manage all that. <clears throat> but apparently people have, to have the time to go on Twitter and be on Twitter all day mm-hmm. and harass people. Because I would consider that kind of harassment if you're following people and you always comment every single thing they say. It's kind of like... Yeah, I wouldn't call it harassment so much because What's for the you, definition of harassment? Well, an unwanted yeah. uh, series of attention. But here's the thing. Let's say if I'm on Twitter and I have 10 million followers and I post, if someone responds to each thing I post, it's not harassment. Unless they're, you know, going on about, you know, I want to kill you or, or you know, go out with me or whatever over and over and over again. But if someone's just responding to if if... if Everything I said, if you went uh huh to, you just with the you know the nervous yeah yeah you're not harassing me you're responding to what I'm saying. I mean I I, I think it's more of behavior like if I'm literally if I go out I have, it's, it's such a great day smiley face and then this one guy always comments saying you suck you know like well that's. Block them if you don't like what yeah. they have to say. Well, that's yeah. what I find interesting is like we have because that's not a response to what you're saying. That's someone just promoting their own. Well, they not, they uh, want your followers to to see what he has to say. What's wrong with like say Donald Trump blocking somebody? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, like I didn't I couldn't believe that was a real deal. There was literally absolutely I can't think of any reason. No, I say this with all the law degrees on the wall behind me, but you uh, and they 
now if it was the official White House, well, here's the thing. If you had jihadists saying death to America on the official White House account, you bet they're going to get blocked. So you can't say, you can't block anybody. But especially from your own personal so Twitter that, account. Take that mentality now, apply it to Google censoring people. What's wrong with them censoring people? They're blocking people. Because of the whole platform scenario. They're not supposed to, when you're a uh, platform versus, oh, gosh, uh, versus publisher. Okay. Publisher versus platform. Google's not supposed to pick and choose for you. They say you type in a search question, we'll give you the search results in order of popularity. Yeah. And it's been proven that they jacked with, quote, the popularity or SOE or however you want to. Uh, SEO, I mean, or however you want to phrase it. Yeah, but publishers can deny things, can't they? Absolutely. So what's wrong with them denying things? In what context? Well, like, say you type in, like, say you type in, like, how to make a gun, or, like, and I want the real research. Well, they're not going to give you how to make a bomb, but they'll give you how to make a gun. There are laws in place for that. That's not up to the individual you know, Google or, or Metacrawl or whomever it was, there are laws in place about you can't share information to create a weapon of destruction, mass destruction or, or whatever. So it's not like a corporate policy. It's the law. But what happens if the corporate policy is like, you know what, we don't believe that the spaghetti monster should be really talked about, so we're blocking the spaghetti monster. You mean Wikipedia? Yeah, or whatever. Okay. Well, or or, or go WikiLeaks. Yeah. Like, say we uh, say WikiLeaks caused us harm. WikiLeaks has caused harm. So we WikiLeaks don't, has we caused don't want the death on. of uh, yeah, undercover so, personnel. Yeah, we don't want them to show up. And we don't so want Julian Assange needs to stay in trial for what he did. So, But I'm saying Google. Like, what's wrong with censoring WikiLeaks? Like, WikiLeaks won't come up on searches. Because... It's not up to Google to deny the existence of WikiLeaks. No, you don't have to promote what WikiLeaks says. But why can't they show bomb stuff? Because there are laws in place that say you can't share information or disseminate information on how to make a bomb. Okay. So we should make a law and then Google will follow it, hopefully? There is a law and Google's not following it. Oh, what is it? What law are they not following? Publisher versus platform. Okay. I, don't see, I mean, I don't see it. I don't see a problem with it. I mean, I think it's I think it's scary that they can control people's lives in long term, but then again, it's like I always find what I'm looking for. And unless like someone comes up to me and goes, "Let me show you your last two years of Google use, how they hid these things from you," does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think it's that big of a deal if they censor Alex Jones or whatever. Like, that's not, Google's not the only player in town. But well, here's the thing: Google's grown so large. Yeah, I really think Google should be up against uh, antitrust, uh, up on antitrust violations, because who who's number two? You got Bing number two. Who's after that? I remember in the old days, Google was one of many. I loved Metacrawler and Dogpile and Ask Jeeves and Ask and you know the different ones. But over time, it became Google was the one because they allowed themselves to be placed in, in like. TV shows and movies. I'm going to Google this. I'm going to Google that. And you got some TV shows where, micro, like Hawaii Five O, they're always using Bing on their Microsoft Surface tablets, and they all drive Camaros or Chevy uh, cars because those are the sponsors. 
So yeah, you can well, do I mean, that. I don't see why I don't see an issue with it being a company doing it. Now, if the government did it, I guess that's where the issue because the whole idea of the government here in the United States is to be fair, right? Like that's the whole idea. Like we treat everyone the same. You wait, so say the beginning of that sentence again. Like, it's the job I, of the government to make everything fair? No, I said I don't see it being a problem like Google doing whatever they want. Like I don't see a problem with that. Like if they change their status, their their so. platform versus publisher status, absolutely. You can't say I allow everything on my site. I disseminate all information that's legal. I can't say that and then not do it legally. I don't know. Do they actually say that? Where? Yeah, the, when they filed, I'll, I'll look it up. When we take breaks and open up the phone lines in a few minutes, I'll take that break to, to call up the actual um, USC code for platform versus publisher and that you file under one of them when you're, when you're a big media outlet, mm-hmm. which is why you know there's also blurring between news and pundits. And I, I'm not a fan of there being pundits on news channels. Now, back in the day, we didn't have news channels. You know, we had news time. Did, did you notice in that that video that uh, that anchor from CNN? He said he's an actor. If you if you listen to it, he says mm-hmm. he's an actor. Well, that's the thing. It's it's me, kind of if you're on cable news network or conversely Fox News Channel, I don't think there should be pundits on it. And that's the downside of having a 24-hour news cycle, a channel devoted to 24 hours of news. You you got it like the Weather Channel. After a while they had to just stop showing the same weather map over and over. They put in TV shows. MTV finally stopped showing music. Um so it's one of the the offshoots of it, but quote back when I was a kid, we had news. And it's, it's not as entertaining. And anymore. you would have an op-ed page in the news. That's one thing I love about the C-SPAN people. It's like when they're getting ready for uh hearing or whatever they literally leave it on for 15 20 minutes of nothing like that's how dedicated they are to keeping it simple does that make sense Mm -hmm. they just leave the camera on like yeah in 20 minutes we'll start but we're just gonna leave this on if you want to watch people kind of move papers in the background it's like the nasa channel where they just you know you can tune in any hour day or night and just see what's outside the, the shuttle doors and space i loved that but I mean, there are benefits to having 24 well, hours. Space channels. is more interesting than just, hey, these people are running around and mm-hmm. occasionally you might see a mouse or something. But, you know, I don't see. I just love how they do that because they don't care. They're like, whatever. Well, we've got some great no, conversation. No one watches this show. I'll tell you what, we're pushing 10 o'clock. Why don't we announce the phone lines, take a break. Yeah, we've got some great it. conversations online. Maybe they'll translate into a telephone call to us. Okay, we can, we can hear Why don't that. you give us a call? Uh, we're going to take a break, come back at 10 o'clock, and open the phone lines at Zenbat Went. And what's the real phone number for that? Dick? I can't remember. It is uh, 936-228-9368. That's 936-228-9368. Dude, it's Open Line Friday. What do you want to talk there about? There you go. It's 10 o'clock right now. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We're going to take our top of the hour break. It's going to be a little longer than usual, so we can switch over the phone lines. So don't call in until after we come back on the air. We'll be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning 
Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Statistics show that one out of every six Texans struggles with food insecurity and hunger and many people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. The Better Living for Texans program is here to help you learn how to make healthy menu choices, save money at the grocery store, prepare quick and delicious meals, get more good nutrition in your day, and get more physical activity. Classes are fun, friendly, interactive, and free, and taught in English and Spanish. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. 
You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Ten oh five on the dot on a Friday here in now partly cloudy downtown Conroe. Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Got the phone lines open. Nine three six two two eight nine three six eight. Did I get that right? Nine three six two two eight nine three six eight. By golly, you can also text that number. We had a texter earlier in the show. Talking about, do we know about the gold star on the uh, on the ID, our IDs? Dick, are you a star? I have a star on my ID. I'm not a star. You know what that means? Yes. I, that means I'm a top fan. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> top fan of Texas Department of Transportation. I'm a top fan, yeah. Yeah, this is part of the uh, Texas Real ID Act, uh, or the, sorry, not the I'm Texas. I'm a real boy. The Federal Real ID Act I'm that real Texas boy. is in. I'm a real boy. And we are going to talk about this. So this is going to be our topic for a little while. Uh, so if you want to call in on this one, 936-228-9368 or ZenBatWent. And, it's uh, more confusing when you tell me ZenBatWent, by No, because you can look it up. I remember ZenBatWent. I mean, no one uses the old phones where it has the, the letters yeah, underneath they do. it. No, they don't. So your, your touchpad on your uh, Yeah, but no one, no one does that. Well, no, very I'm, few keeping, people I'm keeping alive a lost art. All right. Or you can email us at theycanskippy at gmail.com to keep... Uh, Keep anonymous. <laughs> there Somehow. you go. I'm trying to figure out ways you can keep doesn't anonymous. make it anonymous. But, okay, so. It's illusional safety, all right? The Federal Real ID Act is a brainchild, and I put finger quotes around the yeah. word brain from TSA, so therefore part of Department of Homeland Security. I have very mixed opinions All right, we know you have that. an opinion on pretty much everything. Yes, I do Besides indeed. things that are positive and I great do for the world. <laughs> but... So up until October 2016, if you had your, uh, after that date, your driver's license got a star on it, which means that there's a now a uniform method of making your driver's license TSA compliant, meaning you can fly on it. Oh, I'm lucky I have that. Without that star, you only get certain, not, well, here's the thing. Up until October of 2020, Whoa. October 1st of 2020, you can fly without like, it. Like, I do not have a star on my driver's license. Yeah. So until October of next year, I get to fly on it. Now, even though my current driver's license doesn't expire until 2022, for that two years, if I don't renew my driver's license at that point, I don't get to fly anymore on it. Okay. So, which means that when I renew my driver's license, I have to go in with the second form, my birth certificate or my passport to get my license TSA compliant of the Real ID Act. I am not happy about that at all on many of the different levels. And I'm sorry to inconvenience you. Let's complain about it. I'm offended it. at that inconvenience. Let's complain about it, and let's tell the people who don't care about it. <laughs> well, why do you think it's a good idea? I mean, if I had to imagine it's because someone made a law, and then someone goes, oh, shoot, that doesn't. That means we have to change some things. Like, what? Oh, this, this, and put it, we have to figure out to do our IDs that universal. Let's make it more convenient for people after this law because you know people are going to go up to try to fly and someone told me, you don't have a star on your ID. That's you can't fly. October 2nd be of the, next year, a lot of... Thing. It's not going to be funny. Well, there will be... I, I'll be so pissed. 
it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. There will again, be anarchy over there. But then that. again, there's if you're flying, I imagine there's some type of awareness system they have. Like, oh, by the way, you still don't have to start. You know, starting in a couple of years, you need to go get it renewed. And yeah, you've seen the lines at airports of people I've after only flown 15, like five after times eighteen life, years so. of taking off your belt and your shoes, and people still. Oh, I got to. I'll show you my star. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Okay, so for a long time, the process of renewal, renewing a driver's license, which is uh, a basic, I'm not going to say it's a right, but you know, you have the right to drive in Texas if you follow the laws and, and have the proper documentation. Now, for me to get mine renewed before I'm supposed to, two years before I'm supposed to, it's, it's uh, an expense that should be before of its time. Also, to get your uh, passport renewed or recreated takes over $100. And who do you, if you need your birth certificate, who into their adulthood really has it? You can either find it or you can drive to Austin and attempt well, to get a, a whole more certified copy to our for another fee. So I'm being charged fees at times, fees that I shouldn't be charged at times I should not be charged them to maintain my exact same driver's license. Yeah. Nothing has changed. And just I mean, be. You're going to deal with it. Just deal but with this it. is an expense that to make your, your yourself. Airplane compliant, and I'm asking, how is that? How does me having a star because I brought my birth certificate to get my driver's license renewed? I didn't do that. Honestly, no, I straight up did not do that. When, no. he, when he said that to me, I was like, I don't remember doing that at all. I just have a star. Because you had to, when did you have you get your latest driver's license? Oh, yeah, I had to renew it. Back then, it was automatic. But now for me, since my renewal doesn't have, if my. Uh, driver's license need to be renewed before How October. How many people are in your situation? <laughs> At least one. I mean, you could literally go online right now. Take you probably eight minutes. No, it's already pay ten dollars. Renew your driver's license right there. That's how I got mine. Cause Why I should I renew my driver's license three years early? Because you don't want to have to go through the hassle. I shouldn't have to go through the hassle. It's not. No. It's not my convenience that I'm being. Well, do you want the number to the state people and be like, "Yo, what's up"? I got a problem. What up with this? I don't want to spend my money now, but I want to spend it in three years. I'm calling it out. It's an idiotic idea. Taking off my belt and shoes in in line is an idiotic idea. You can't have more than three ounces of this. I can guarantee you, and I'm about to get put on an NSA watch list, someone wanting to blow up a plane can use three different items, liquid items of under three ounces each to make it go boom. You have to do These are real, all cosmetic. D- so Brett's saying you have to do a DPS visit. Man, this thing's distracting. Yeah, I have to go to the DPS office now. I, again, I can't renew it online. You want to go together? You want to hold hands? I don't mind going to this place. I would do fun. that. What's great people take watch. Hours, content can be Taking an hour out of my content life. content can be developed there, my friend. I still love my visit to the tax office where nobody was in there. And the lady's like, no, sir, sir, you're going to have to get a ticket, a number. You have to get a number. I'm like, there's nobody here. And then she, right when she hands me the ticket, number four, please, on aisle two. And I'm like, oh, golly. And I was like, this is great. So you know what? Relax, man. It's not a big deal. Some people have to wait. It is. Because it's, it's yet another deal. getting – I am very much a fan what, what's the difference of the importance of intelligence so to the, stop terroristic activity. So the reason for your ID – to get a star on it, is how is it different from the other ID? Like, what certain things... It's you, suddenly magically been backed up by a second form of uh, And that second form of verification is what? Passport or... Because I never did that, though. No one did. That's what I'm saying. This is something that they came up with saying, okay, now... Going forward... Because we haven't had any major hijackings the last few years, we have to justify our existence, so okay. let's, ma- let's do something I new. I don't get that, though. 
I am all for intelligence gathering. Believe me when I say there's import in gathering intelligence to stop bad things from happening on airplanes. Okay. Yeah. But every time there's a knee-jerk reaction, like, like the take- shoe bomber, now we got to take off our shoes. You know, it, it issues box cutters. Now you can't bring uh, something stupid on. But here's the thing. The minute TSA came up with what's called pre-check, which is now if you pay a certain amount of money, we'll let you through the front of the line. You don't have to go through this. That is where it becomes a money grab. I think it needs to be dissolved. There are better ways to stop terrorist activities on airplanes than what the TSA well, is currently doing. And certainly um, a star on my driver's license your, is not going to change Does your lifestyle that. involve flying every week, weekend, weekend? It involves enough. Enough? Yeah. I have flown on thousands of airplanes, and I've actually flown airplanes. So I don't need a star on my driver's license to say Seems like you do. I'm something. Seems <laughs> yeah. like you do. So there you got is. a point there. Yeah, someone said I do, and I take exception to that. I think it's wonderful because people. I love how things change, and people are like, "What do I do? What does this mean? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. And then it's like two years later, after it's done, oh, it's not a big deal. Whatever. No, I, I think not a big deal. I think it's the latest in a long stream of bad decisions by the government departments involved on maintaining an illusion of public safety when all it is is just a it's a it's a cash grab as far as i'm I'm just waiting for them to take my fingerprints which they probably already have well unbeknownst to me i don't know take fingerprints i don't care so really Mm -hmm. my fingerprints are on vile there's nothing that says you can't take my That's fingerprints. That's because, again, you look like one of those people. It's like that guy definitely has been involved in a higher felony case than just like, oh, petty theft. <laughs> like he definitely has done something wrong. So I'm being profiled, so, which yeah, I've actually totally. I've got no problem with profiling either. Totally. I'll really lose some friends on this one. So when something happens in the Montgomery County area, you're like number 10 every time, no matter what the or whatever the law was broken. It's like it might have been Sean. It might have been that guy. <laughs> so, Drew, I too am uh, furious that I can't take knitting needles on an airplane anymore. Here, here. I mean, why can't why can't you take kids? Why can't you crate them? Wait, say that again. I want to make well, sure I heard that right. I've, like I said, I've only flown a couple times, and I love is the r- random things that could happen to make it a great flight or a piss poor flight. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really encountered, I haven't encountered a little delays. Like, like I said, I've only flown a handful of times. And the delays don't really bother me because I'm like, it's kind of amazing that, like, for example, one of my favorite moments was I was with Holly and we're going to Charleston for our honeymoon. And the pilot comes over and he goes, we're about to land, we're like 20 minutes from landing. And he goes, uh, just to give you guys an update, there's, he said some jargon about the weather and it's really foggy. And he's like, you know, if this, if we're going to make an attempt. And if, if we deem it too dangerous, we're going to fly you all the way to Charlottesville over in North Carolina, I think it was. And it was like a four-hour, three-hour difference. Like to, I was like, so how do we get to where we're supposed to go? And I'm thinking in my mind, and this is our honeymoon, and this is the day after the wedding. We're exhausted. And then what I love is the very closing thing. He goes, you know what? We're just going to give it a go. We're going to give it a go, guys. <laughs> and Holly freaks out. She's like, what does that even mean? Like, why would you give it a go? Land the there is no not. try, only do. I mean, it was so funny. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is regularly happening on airplanes where it's like, oh, hey, you want to go to point A, but, you know, if we don't go to point A, we're going to take you to point B, which is four hours away. And people deal with that crap all the time flying. And then I, try, I told Holly, I go, it's pretty amazing where, where we are right now. 
Like, I can't imagine flying over states and being somewhere in four hours, three hours. Like, that to me is the coolest thing ever. Now, she didn't really appreciate that. She's like, this is just normal, Richard. People do this all the time. I'm like, yeah, I don't, so I think it's cool. So if we go to Charlotte, she's like freaking out. It's like, what about our, our, our honey, or, you know, where we booked and all that stuff? I was like, I don't know. I think this is kind of neat that we might go to another town we didn't send to get to. And she's just like, I hate you so much. Can we just land this plane? And she starts like freaking out. And I'm like, look how foggy it is. This is so cool. <laughs> you can't see the runway at all. And all of a sudden he did. Like, we were, it was pretty <laughs> bad. It reminded me of reading about JFK and what happened to him. And uh, even though it's probably off putting for a lot of people who fly planes in fog. But, uh, yeah, I, and, again, people go through it all the time. So, yeah, so what? You do get a star. Like, you still get to fly. I think that's pretty cool. Why should I get to fly? I have the right to fly as long as I follow the law. Wait, and that's wait, the thing. This is a law that's been created think, that solves nothing. do you think they're going to get to the point where public <clears throat> transportation is flying? Like my flying car? Like metros can be like, hey, we're going to open up a new division. Kind of like they open up a new division here in Conroe. Now you can get on a bus from Conroe takes you all the way to downtown. Mm-hmm. It's like four bucks or something like that. I don't know. It's really inexpensive. It's called Park and Ride. Well, no, they have their own now. Okay. And you park under uh, 2854, you know, that little parking yeah. lot. Yeah, uh-huh. that's where it is now, which is really cool. I think that would help out a lot of people. And I'm like, I wonder when they're going to finally go, oh, we can now do it airplane. Yeah, in time, it'll, it'll happen. Uh, got a response to my profiling comment, which I'm, I'm glad because I kind of did that on purpose. I, I stopped talking before I completed the, the, the full thought. With profiling, it's not that I don't have a problem profiling so much because, yes, yeah, statistically, well, uh, I'm trying to remember what, what Drew said. It has nothing to do with statistics, but here's, here's the point. It's the alternative that I have the problem with. In the desire to not offend anybody by profiling, by basically taking an expert to be able to size somebody up using their finely skilled instincts and, and training and, and, and whatever – to say, you know, this person has a bulge, maybe this or that. You know, that's part of profiling. I didn't say racial profiling necessarily, but it's... When you say bulge, what are you talking about? You know, a, a weapon bulge. Oh, okay. Or a cod piece. It's the, in the desire to not offend anybody by saying, well, you know, you look a certain way, you look Muslim, and Muslims blew up 3,000 people, so we're going to... It's... And I'm sorry, that was very glib. I, I'm going to take that one back. What I mean, that's someone else saying, uh, not not me. It's, yeah, 9-11 was perpetrated by a subset. What it could have been is the system was all paper. And then they're like, we're going digital, guys. We know how hard it is to get everyone to come in and do their IDs. Like, we got to require them to come in to, like, instead of just scanning all these documents again, and they're like, well, how can we get them to come back in and redo it? Well, this is going to be fun for the, star on the, the, real, the Federal Real ID Act is going to be fun for in California, them wanting, you know, the illegal aliens having their own driver's licenses. Well, you won't. What do you think the word they would use on the ID? The word? Like, will they say illegal immigrant? No. Because everyone's kind of taboo on what words to use. So if you're getting an ID. Well, I don't want to get sidetracked on what that. What would it say? What would it say? Like, please show me your identification and give them to you. It know. would say undocumented. Undocumented yeah. citizen? Which would be great. So Undoc- you give someone a document that says they're undocumented, thereby giving them a document. Yeah. But going back to profiling, it's in the desire to not offend anybody by profiling, and I'm using it in this broadest sense, it was we're going to choose people randomly, whether or not there's any possible way in heaven or hell they could have done this. Little old grannies, yeah, 
a little old granny is capable of causing a terroristic act, but the odds of it are pretty grim. So that's that's my problem. When I say I have no problem with profiling, it's more that I have the problem with the non-profiling of we're just going to choose little old ladies at random or somebody who isn't, it hasn't paid for the pre-te- pre-check. Um, so that I hope I cleared that up just a little bit on that one. And, but I do also firmly believe, I do also firmly believe that instead of putting it under an umbrella of, of, quote, racial profiling in general, it's that there are experts in the field who are trained to be able to look at a situation, which is a person, place, or thing, and put it into a context that, you know, the odds of something bad happening right, we got a caller. can, uh, You're getting can affect this. We got John on the line. Got John on the line. John, are you there? I, I'm here. Oh, great. Hi, John. How are you? I'm, I'm better, thank you. Cool. John, where He's are you better. calling us from? He's better. He's better? Yeah, I'm, I'm calling from the, uh, I'm calling from uh, Cairo. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm wondering why they don't, why they don't hire uh, psychics to be there uh, uh, at that TA, TSA. <laughs> And, and then they could do away with all of it. If they had psychics there, they could tell who was going to blow up a plane or not. You know what? I think. Well, well, from what I understood, psychics were were turning in other psychics. And so the competition, it wasn't fair. It would be a psychic smackdown. John, actually, I would think that by adding psychics, uh, TSA would stop the exact same number of attacks that they've stopped already, which is zero. Um <laughs> oh, that's because you're just, you just don't, you're not a believer. That's what's wrong with you. Oh, uh, you know, you're just yeah, you not get a believer. You get pulled aside psychic. immediately from a psychic. He's like, he's not a believer. Yeah. Because uh, he thinks bad thoughts, I think. Yeah. So. I do indeed. I've heard him. He just just yammers on. I don't think a psychic would do well with that Skippy fella because his brain is just like blah, 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 all the time, just going on and on. I think any you psychic that, that willingly delved into the deep, dark recesses of my brain would give up their day job ASAP and probably become a TSA agent. Well, that's what I think. I think they should have psychics right there, right there at the uh, uh, boarding section there where you, you take off your shoes. You wouldn't have to take off your shoes. Psychics can see right through, right into the little recesses of your mind. They'll but, know when you psychics, got too many. Psychics will take money under the table easy. Yeah, how how would you make sure the psychic was properly documented? Would you keep a psychic on the psychic? Well, I would strip search him first. So how many psychic uh, how many psychics are we having on on uh, payroll here to keep making sure all the psychics are following the rules? Well, I don't know. Well, that's pretty strange. I think you're reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed uh, we are. John, thank you well, so much okay, for the just, call. Well, I got an idea. What we could do, John, is we can require the psychic to do some form of ID psychic tests, and then we put a star Let's on their ID. put a star ID, on their psychic ID. the different color stars determine the level. You could, give, you could put one on your driver's license. You could put like a, a, a spooky little thing that said you was a, you was a certified TSA psychic. Well, we'll take the... Man, I'd be the first one to sign up for that job, John. I really would. we got to prove it. Uh, I, I well, know what you're thinking. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. yeah. Especially. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, well, John. Thanks for thanks for wasting a whole bunch of my time this morning. I just love it. It's our it's our pleasure and I, our honor. I saw that, and so uh, I know no no apologies. You boys carry on. Well, thank you. Okay, that's one call down. There you go. Uh, we appreciate. Yeah, I guess every caller is going to come in, call in, come in, call themselves John. To that's fine with me. Keep their their real identity out of it. <laughs> yeah, psychics for TSA. Yeah, I'm all a fan, I'm a fan about that because it would seriously not change their success rate or failure rate at all. No, well, let's go into that topic. Do you believe in psychic abilities? I don't know. I mean, like it's, again, I'm I'm still kind of in in awe of flying. So anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you've like, heard of maybe like, some I police can, departments. I can totally see psychics being real, mm-hmm. but I also can see us developing technology that would be, like, psychically executed. Like, I could put something on your head and read and interpret what your thoughts are through that. Like That technology is already in its burgeoning stages. So, you know, you have the fighters now, that... I, now you're saying, like, mutant-type stuff where my genes, when I was born, I have a psychic ability... It could be the genes. It could be an unlocked power, you know, a section of your brain that holds that power that yeah. maybe not everyone has. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, because sometimes, you know, you hear, it's usually in the movies all the time, but actually in real life it happens every now and then where a police department will consult a psychic. And sometimes, you know, I used to get the Time Life book series, and they had the whole book about that, and you'd see these psychics laying claim to, oh, yeah, I... I Saw the guy's face and gave it to the cops. And the, That's one of my favorite X Files episodes. <clears throat> oh, the one when with uh, the Peter Boyle? It was as, actually, like, he does the Wayne Yeah, the last pose of Clyde Buck- Buckman, I think, is the name of the uh, episode where he can see everything. And so. Uh, he, and that's where he tells Scully that she never dies. Oh no 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 not that episode. Okay, I'm talking about the one that the Wayne Hunter psychic guy comes on. They hire a psychic for the for actually it's the same. I think that is the same episode. That's how it opens up. Okay. Yeah, it is the same episode because they hire a uh, and Fox is like, no, that guy's not real, and it's some French dude or some off the wall kooky character. Okay. Well, the one I'm thinking of, uh, Peter Boyle was the actor. Yeah. He was the monster in in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, no, no, no. the same episode. Yeah, it's the same episode. Okay. I can't believe you don't remember the other psychic because that was kind of that was like the whole joke. I don't remember that guy. He was like really weird. I I haven't seen. I tried watching the new X Files and it it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. I, I, I couldn't don't know. even. I'm very simple to police. Just bring about Monster of the Week. That's stuff. what I heard. That's what I like. Monster of the Week. That kind of like there's a couple episodes. That episode with uh, the guy from Fly the Concords. He plays that uh, in the newer X Files episode where he's a lizard dude and he just likes being naked or whatever. Oh yeah, like that was funny. That was a good episode. That was one of the ones that I saw and I enjoyed it. And he worked at a cell phone place. That was pretty funny. Too. Mm-hmm. There was. It was, there was some cleverness, too. Kind of stuff. Well, don't forget, the phone lines are still open. So yeah, if Dennis nice. gets bored again, he can call back at 936-228-9368. <laughs> I, I uh, I'm sorry, I meant John. I mean, I, I know you're upset about the TSA stuff, but I don't see ever changing. I don't. I, it's too. It's too part of the norm now. People are too used to going through. And that's what's disheartening is that in the name of... Here's the thing, yeah, and I know President Bush... It created the Patriot Act. I think the Patriot Act is way too far overreaching. It <clears throat> we have intelligence gathering organizations that yeah. are designed to do what the Patriot Act may put in everybody's lap. There's a difference between is saying TSA like at Greyhound and stuff. 
Are they at, like, the subways? They could be because it's Transportation Safety Administration. Well, that's so, what I'm wondering. Like, but right now it's all airplanes. Until, all airplanes? until is, somebody blows up a, a subway. at the Conroe Regional Airport? Yeah, there's not an airport in the universe now that... That's what I'm trying to figure out. Or in the United States of America that does not have a TSA presence in some way, shape, all. or form. I don't believe that at all because I remember we did a remote there and I didn't get frisked and I was on I was literally on the track doing a live remote. It was kind of a bad decision because all these airplanes were coming in. Oh, no, well, no I have uh, on a regional airport, yeah, I've, I've no shot one, video no galore. One, no one talked to me. And about, I wasn't patted down, but you tried to get on an airplane. No, nah, I could have got an airplane. Yeah, I and, just walked and right they on. would have asked the questions. It's not to the extent of... A B-52 bomber. Actually, I literally did get on the airplane. No, we're talking commercial airliner. Oh, this could have taken me to like. There's a difference between commercial and private, and that that's the that's the that's the difference. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering how it all works Mm -hmm. to get on a commercial airliner. Okay. Well, so what you're telling me is to skip all the star crap is just be really rich. Yeah, that that's something telling you the the second that the pre-check came into existence, they didn't even pretend anymore that it wasn't anything but a money grab. Every time you throw a water bottle away, you can't have a you know water bottle coming through here why not i'm drinking it obviously it's not nitroglycerin it's water it's don't they provide water on the plane it's it's all cosmetic it's all as someone said earlier it's it's theater and somebody said night stalker is that the oh you're thinking of the uh, um stephen king short story uh i right is that because i'm thinking of night stalker kolchak man I, the I, 70s I, TV I series. night stalker richard ramirez came up and it's the creepiest looking dude have you seen? Do you know who Richard Ramirez is? Why is this a picture? Richard, who's Check Richard this out, Ramirez? This okay. is so creepy. Why? And don't forget, phone lines are still open. We're keeping the conversation going on. I'm loving the conversation on the Facebook. There you go. Yes, and uh, Dennis said while you're calling that up, Dennis is actually finishing a thought that I started. Thank you very much. Uh, you nothing stopping. In fact, when 9/11 is ha- unfolding, that's, that's what came the up. early the early reports. That's what came up. Cool. The early reports of 9/11 was that that's a small private giant. plane had crashed into the tower. Uh, there's nothing stopping someone from taking a private Learjet or Piper Cub or Cessna 172 and doing some damage. Uh, again, so if the TSA, well. Thank you for finishing off my uh, for your comment on the dentist. Now, who's that guy that you had up on the air? Apparently, he's a psychopath, like he's a serial killer. Yeah. Richard Lavea Le- Moniz Ramirez is known as Richard Ramirez. Was call call a, him up on the screen was an again. American serial serial killer, rapist, and burglar. Now, call him up again because I, I can use this to go back to previous point. Okay. You can look at this man that's about to come up on the screen. Oh, it looks different now. That's not fair. No, get get that get that original shot. Yeah, I got it. Uh, the, the weird one. Yeah, get the weird one. Okay, give me a second. Golly. Oh man, so much pressure on me. So going back to the topic of profiling, in the sense that we're not talking racial, but that you someone can bear themselves a certain way. Where did it go? And raise alarms. Now, yes, you can have. A uh, short, squishy, white guy well, like well, me. Well, Google just censored me. I can't find the picture now. It's Uh-oh. a different picture. Now. <clears throat> there it is. Found. There he is. Okay. Okay. If you're a law enforcement, a trained law enforcement officer, and this individual is walking towards you with 
possibly menace in his steps or threateningly, you can look at that and based on looks alone, size up the situation that this may be someone you need to look at closer or take a second look at. There's absolutely yeah. no, Now, that doesn't mean that because it requires, oh, but, you know, white guys are the serial killers. Yeah, here's the thing. There's nothing stopping someone looking exactly like me from being a terrorist or a serial killer. The odds aren't as great, well, for serial killer, you, you know, being a white male, it is. Yeah, I told you. But you, you have a certain way, profilers, psychological, and f- no one has a problem with a psychological profiler. Hand-in-hand hand with that should be able to be a physical appearance profiler. And again, this goes beyond race, but people just want to go, if you profile, you're a racist. And that is not the point. You can look at any situation, a person, place, or thing, and infer how dangerous it may be based on your training. And that, that was my take on that. Okay. And I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. Do what you want. I give up. I give everybody. Nah, well, I'm already donating my give organs. Up, but if someone I'm said, already donating my organs, so clearly I care about what happens to me. I'm donating mine if anyone wants them. But I think I have someone on my ID that tells Brett me. put out, defeatism is how autocracy de- destroys democracy. And you should... I have, a, I have a heart on my ID. What does that mean? That means I gave it up if I die. Yeah, you give up your heart if you die? Yeah. Oh, Who's going to get your heart? Some lucky That's bastard. the problem. I'm so old now that even though I'm an organ donor, I don't think anyone, they, they probably cut me open and go, well, pff, so much for that one. Well, it's probably for like the smokers or something. It's like, oh, you're, you know, right now you have under a year, but now with this one you have two years. And then what was that movie called? It's like body body parts or whatever, where he gets the murderer's arm attached to him. Oh, every movie is like, like you got the eyes of Laura Mars. You I got all these great. things where I, I get somebody else's body part, and all of a sudden that's uh, I take possessed. This guy's freaking me out. I gotta take him. Yeah, down. take him off that's, the that's screen. Out, <laughs> See you later, dude. Have you ever said nice suckers really into some weird stuff? Yeah, well, I remember uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, a great TV series. It started off with The Night Strangler, a movie, movie of the week, then they did the sequel, The Night Stalker, and then the TV series. I wanted series. to talk to you about this. Okay. But I'm talking about Kolchak. I'm talking about Bruce Lee. So, like, ha, 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 yeah, Bruce Lee. so there was a, a, a scene in the new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. the Quentin Tarantino movie, where it has Bruce Lee fighting Brad Pitt, and apparently they show Bruce Lee as being cocky and, like, you know, full of himself. Not I'm presuming good. when you say Bruce Lee, it's an actor playing Bruce Lee. It's an actor playing Bruce Lee. Well, apparently it puts him in a bad light. Puts it's, Bruce it's, Lee in a bad light. Puts Bruce Lee in a bad light. Okay. And people on, uh, like, for example, his daughter, who was four, four when she when he passed, was like, hey, Quentin Tarantino, why did you, in a sense, slander or whatever you want to say about my dad? Like, he wasn't like that. And so people now are having the discussion because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is half fiction, half based off real people. So, like, Sharon Tate's character mm-hmm. is a real person. We all know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. I think Roman Polanski's in this movie, but it's an actor playing... Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. But other actors, like, I think Brad Pitt's character is not a real person. Okay. So how do you feel about creating works of art and portraying people in a certain light? As long as you let the world know it's fiction, for instance, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter... Yeah, you know, you know, it's. Uh, I loved in the Harold and Kumar movies where, uh, uh, what's his name, Neil Patrick Harris, 
conveys himself as a coked up yeah. crazy. Uh, same thing with um, there was a movie. It was one of the end of the world movies. In fact, I think it was called End of the World, where it had Michael Sarah, you know, the the nerdy kid from Juno, and and Arrested Development. He plays an a, an a poopy head, coked up version of himself. And so as long as you can differentiate yeah. fact from fiction, it's not I can appreciate the family's wishes. Like, you know, if you have a decent guy and he's being portrayed, you know, you, you can well, espouse your, your feelings on it. But remember, at the end of every major motion picture, it has no one in this. Uh, there's not meant to be any um, uh, uh, comparison between uh, anyone living or dead. You know, you see it at the end of every movie. They end in a Lion King, huh? Yeah, it'll it'll say all all characters in this are, are fiction and not to be it's not to be inferred that they resemble anyone living or dead, even though it may be JFK the movie you know with real people. It's because it's a fictionalization of them. So you mean both are right? Unchained wasn't a real thing. Yeah, right. So Tarantino and, and Company wasn't a real thing. Tarantino and Company are absolutely proper in doing what they did, and Bruce Lee's family is absolutely proper in their response, and it'll get worked out. Now, well, it may, well, it may if think, they decide to sue, well, it, saying that it provides slander or libel, that you know that's where the courts get involved. Well, it made me think of when we do biopics or basically retelling the story of of what we believe really happened. There are some liberties that are taken, especially like say a thousand years from now, there is a movie based off of some famous person like Thomas Jefferson. Or me. Or you. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder, like, you know, you're never going to be 100% because the further you get from that person's alive date, the more construed the truth will be. Or conversely, more time that passes, you can look back and, you know, find the archival stuff or put it in a historical context. Imagine some hardcore communist people taking over the world in a thousand years. Then they start making, this is what Stalin was really like. And he had butterflies and... You know, like they they could create it, and people's truth is what it was created a thousand years from now, not what really happened. So, it just got me thinking. I go, what what examples do we have of that today? Like from what, like you know, who who do we like? For example, William Shakespeare. Maybe he was really, you know, a bad person. We don't really know, do we? Like, well, he was 16th century racist. It's in his okay. writings. He uh, left his wife and children behind. To, to write and he only came back when he was broke and lost everything in fact there's a movie com- movie coming out about that with judy dench and <laughs> kenneth Bronner. Uh, yeah uh oh yeah that's good so yeah but you know we have movies like as drew pointed out um bohemian rhapsody took a lot of liberties tombstone i really wish that the life of wyatt earp had been like the life of tombstone but it wasn't it was fictionalized but boy, it made a great story. One of the best movies ever, I think. That's actually one of my favorite interactions was on Westwood. Not Westwood. Is it Westwood? Yeah, the the, the HBO Western series about Deadwood. Deadwood. Westworld. Oh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, and there was a couple episodes with Wyatt and his brother where they come to town and basically the sheriff kicks them out. Mm-hmm. And that was apparently a true story. Like they had uh, yeah. both of them when they were sheriffs at the time, they had problems with each other. There are sites that will compare and contrast movies. On Wikipedia. I have no idea. Well, there are sites where will compare and contrast uh, historical movies like Tombstone or whatever and like what they got right and what they got wrong. And that's the thing. I, I know watching Tombstone is a highly fictionalized account. In fact, because there was another no, one at the same time with Kevin, Wyatt Earp. The Kevin Costner is a real true thing. That actually has like. And that's why it didn't do as well because it was yeah. more realistic. And it didn't have Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. It didn't Holliday. have Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday either. Clearly he got 
remembered for just for that line. I'll be. And I'm not anti Costner by any stretch, but you put Kevin Costner up against Kurt Russell, Kurt's gonna win. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, well, he has a mean mustache. He's got a mean mustache. And Sam Elliott, any movie that's got Sam Elliott in it, yeah, mean mustache. It, that just, that just. And he has that neck thing. He looks at you like that. Who? Sam Elliott? Yeah, he has this weird, like, he kind of just looks at you with the. Well, he has a constant look of, you're an idiot <laughs> on his yeah, face. True. <laughs> true. But yeah, I, I always wondered, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Where's the responsibility with that stuff? So. <laughs> yeah. no clue. The problem with the problem with reading the comments is that I can get so easily get distracted. Squirrel. But uh, but no, I, I when I started reading about that, I always wondered about, especially in the creative field. Like, for, well, to give you an example, there's a funny movie that I kind of want to see. I'm gonna look up the title real quick. It's from the director of Thor Ragnarok. But the the premise is a young boy is going through Hitler Youth Academy or whatever, and his imaginary friend is Hitler. And it's a comedy. It's one of those, like, it's an Australian, New Zealand type of comedy mm-hmm. kind of thing. And a lot of, and I, you know, a lot of people clearly don't know that's, that's not what really happens. But a lot of people were kind of like, why are you doing this? Why would you kind of recreate a historical character who's so controversial and then introduce him in a light of... Because like, sold copies, you know. So let me, put, let me look it up. Well, Dan Brown went through something similar when he uh, when uh, the Da Vinci Code was released as a book. Some outcry happened, but when the movie came out, it really went out of control because people were reading it, and he, his research was so intensive, and he made up such great fiction that people thought it was real, that he was trying to say that there really was a live-action female scion of Jesus uh, that the Catholic Church had been hiding uh, because of the Knights Templar, and all these clues were hidden there, that people actually thought it was real, and he had to point out, no, this is, I made this up. Yeah, you know, this poem is on this crypt, and I fictionalized it to mean that. And he got, you know, churches just went bonkers on him, on Dan Brown. You want to watch the trailer real quick? Yeah, let's watch the trailer. I was right. just killing time while you were getting it up. Yeah, let me. I'm getting it up right now. Can you get it up, Dick? Thank you. <laughs> I like it. Get it up in the mornings with Dick and Skippy. Are you ready for the best weekend ever? Yes, I am. satire right there so you know it's not real (laughs) hey jojo my old friend hi adolf what's wrong little man they call me a scared rabbit let them say whatever they want people used to say a lot of nasty things about me oh this guy's a lunatic oh look at that psycho he's gonna get us all killed Well, there you go. Was, was that what was Kyle McLaughlin playing Hitler? No, that's the Tiki, I don't know how to his name. Uh, it looked like Kyle, no, the, the, the guy playing Hitler. It looked like Kyle McLaughlin. No, it's Ta- Tahiki Waititi. Okay. He's the director. And so the director is also playing Hitler? Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, it's a satire right there. And again, everything's in context. So the satire, you know, as an actor, if 30 years from now, someone can say, oh, Takiki, whatever his name is, Takiwatiti, 
he wore Nazi, you know, he had Nazi flag on him. He wore one. Well, technically he did, but it was for a satire. So that looked absolutely hilarious. I've got to watch that when it comes out. What's the name of the movie again? Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I think. Jojo Rabbit. I'm going to look at it. Sorry. Oh, you know, Fox in its early days had a TV series called The Secret Diaries of Desmond Pfeiffer. And, and it had Chi McBride playing um, Abraham Lincoln's uh, valet. And it was, there was, uh, in England, there was a TV show, I think it was called like My Favorite Hitler or something like that. It, of course you have satire and spoofs because that's how we get over somebody's horrible brutality. Again, going back to the gallows humor is a thing, and it should be. It's how, this is how we process stuff. Yeah, thanks, Dennis. We're going to be shutting down the show. We got. Speaking of drinks, we got to go get some. Let's go get some drinks. Thanks for being a part of today's show. Uh, great conversations uh, online. Thank you, special caller John, <laughs> for your call. And yeah, we're all for psychics working for TSA. This is Skippy. This is Dick. We'll be back on Monday. Yeah. Here on Lone Star Community Radio with Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Uh, we'll see you guys later.